She goes, you're an old soul. You're a good person. But 20 years ago, you were with a female that really, really did bad things to you. And she had an abortion with your kid. She this said, is dark. Oh, my God. She said this to me. She goes, this, this woman so had dark. an abortion. She never told you. She was very resentful. She went to a woman like me and she cast a spell on you. Now, we got to take it off you. Now, she goes, does that surprise you? And I said, yeah, it surprised me. I said, only one? purposes only. You'd be an idiot to listen to anything these degenerates say. Invest at your own risk, do research, but seriously don't listen to these ass clowns. Now enjoy Cash Daddies. And welcome to Cash Daddies, where banking fatties. Very excited to be back with you. Join me as always from The Tonight Show, Johnny Woodard! Bum, What's up, bum, man? Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, da, 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 da. Yeah, then uh, fresh off his hot shows at the dojo of comedy, still fucking rocking every time I see him. The man, the myth, the legend. How we do we bump, 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 bump. How we do we bump, 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 bump. We had a wild weekend, man. I'll tell you what, that place was popping. Yeah, it was, was popping. It was good to be there. The crowds were great. Yeah. Those were weird. I enjoy them. I am very, very, very blessed uh, to have been able to perform there with my good friend, Howie Dewey. And uh, it was fun. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. And we'll do it again, dog. Every Dude, time we go there, that comedy club gets better. It gets bigger. It gets better. There's just more booby. The chicks are wild. <laughs> it just got... It got yeah, really I couldn't wild. stop talking about big tits. Oh my god, look at those tits. Look at <laughs> those. I love how you accuse him of that. Like you don't do that all the time. No, I'll all take the blame, the man. Because there was there was one lady there that just they were it was amazing. They just uh, like it's so weird. Some girls put them out and then some girls want to hide them. Imagine yeah. hiding your superpowers. Well, especially when they're there. I mean, that's uh, what would you say? That's a depreciating asset. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have them forever. You should so, always put them out. I mean, you yeah. know, there's you grandmas with big tits, whether people want to get them on the record. Not, you know what I'm saying? That, that used to be my argument for nudes, sending nudes. People should send nudes because you want that shit on the record while you're young because it ain't yeah. always going to be that way. Well, I was also, Johnny, like, I, I go to my uh, Instagram search and it's just nothing. But insane smoke shows everywhere. We used to think like a hot chick was like a unicorn and there weren't a lot of them. No, they're everywhere, dude. It's all you want to talk about depreciating value. Hot women are everywhere. And they're getting older. They're getting older. I'm talking. I I and I asked some of my younger buddies, I go, dude, is it me or like are women in their 40s, 50s? Is it and then my younger buddies are like, no, man, it's insane. Women in their 50s. Are doing shit and it's it's wild. You know where that started, Howie, on the West Coast of America, the West Coast, because you know they had to be always be ready to go. You know, I mean, just like because you never know when the divorce is going to happen, so they stayed hot all the time. It's sunny all the time. In the, in the Midwest, these chicks are like, "Fuck it, I'm married with kids. Stick a fork in me," you know. But in the big cities, you gotta keep it going, bro. You gotta keep it rocking. God bless. Like the whole I, country's becoming Phoenix, Arizona. I, it's it's amazing. I mean, you know, it's just one of the ladies the other night. Her husband's like, "Yeah, she's 48," and I was like, "Jesus, no work done." I'm like, "Good guy, good for you. Like you've done a good job." I'll Not tell like you, Madonna. I, I mean, Madonna oh was out again God. today. She was. Well, Madonna's she was, gone too deep. When you're, in your well, she, she was. All those people giving her shit at the Grammys. You know, she claimed that that she came out today or yesterday and claimed that that was uh, post surgery swelling. And she put out this picture like, "See, guys, now that the swelling's gone, I look totally great." And I, uh, dude, she looks like, oh, she looks like a victim of Hannibal Lecter. Remember that movie Hannibal, where that guy just had his ears and his eyes. That's what she looks like now. Just a you, you see completely me, skinless. 
about every two weeks, you'll walk down the street and you'll turn around and just go, ah, and you'll see <laughs> that, that cat lady face. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to hug her. No, and say, that is it. How close to you, how close are you to looking like a cat lady? That's, That's what it is, man. I saw a lady yesterday with red hair. I've never seen, I wanted to stop her and say, I don't want to bother you, but can I just get a picture? Because I've never, is that a real head? You speak. <laughs> Like, because I've never, my heart was in my throat. Is that like, a real wait. head? Yeah, I really wanted to ask her, like, what what happened? I know someone made a mistake, but what happened here? Like, one eye was up here, her nose was fucked up, her mouth didn't even look real. It looked like a cat. It looked like a bad-looking cat. Yeah, I mean, you. that's where you're going. I mean, the Kardashians are slowly. Yeah, it was like the makeup. It was like the makeup for Cats, the movie, though, not the yeah, Broadway. Because yeah, yeah, the movie yeah, was the yeah, one with yeah, all yeah, the makeup. Yeah. Speaking of what we do in businesses, I ventured into a business I've ever been into in my entire life, and I found out how this woman kills it. So I'm walking by a window in the village, Greenwich Village, yesterday, and this old lady looks at me right in the eyes, and she goes like this. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm not going near here. Then I'm like, does she need something? What's going on? I walk over to the window, and I see... uh palm tarot card reader and i went ah oh, jesus christ never done this before in my life she opened up the door and said come in i went in i got my palms read for the first time i've ever done this in my life and i'll tell you what right off the bat she, she caught some amazing shit you know i tossed her 25 dollars, and she said you got to come back tomorrow give me your birthday because there's somebody cast a spell on you 20 years ago and that's why you've had a few problems I'm starting to believe this shit. So I go back there today, Sam. Have you ever had your palms read in your life? Yes, of course. All right, you say of course. Of like course. I haven't had my palms read. What does that mean? Yes. Hey, Johnny, have you ever done it? No, no, of course not. <laughs> I've never done it. I've never done it in my life. The but of course today, is no. Not of course, yes. I guess of course. course. She, and she says to me, she goes, honey, she goes, you're an old soul. You're a good person, but 20 years ago, you were with a female that really, really did bad things to you, and she had an abortion with your kid. And I looked at her. And she this said, is dark. Oh, my God. She said this to me. She this goes, this woman so had dark. an abortion. She never told you. She was very resentful. She went to a woman like me, and she cast a spell on you. Now, we got to take it off you. Now, she goes, does that surprise you? And I said, yeah, it surprised me. I said, only one? <laughs> I was like, seriously, just one? I go, because I would have thought it would have been higher. That's that's just me. That's so, and, uh, so <laughs> she said, she said so now, hilarious. She said, now, if you were to go to an ATM, how much money could you take out? <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> yeah, she did. She goes, for me to take this spell off you. I'm going to need about $300, but she said, we got to do it soon. Cause if we don't, bad things are going to happen. And I, and I looked at her and I said, you know what? Let's go. I said, let me get going on this ASAP. Let's get this thing going. Let me run to an ATM. And I, I ran out of there and I just kept running, Johnny. I just ran. Hold on. Bro. Okay. Let's let's, we lost Sam and I, I got to make sure that's on purpose. Cause I don't, I don't think he meant to do that. We'll just, we'll just have a break here. <laughs> he just left. So, so All Sam, right, and I'm back. Let me let me ask you this, Sam. So you went and got your palm read. Did you have to go back the next day? And she said to get rid of a spell, run to the cash machine as quickly as possible and pull out three hundred bucks. No. Well, that's what my lady said. She said we don't have much time. Yeah. Hurry up, go get three hundred and get your ass back here, and let's get rid of this spell. And I went. You know what? Get out of my way. I don't want this spell on me any longer. Let me go get the money. And I just ran. I ran like 300 yards and I kept running. And I just hope the hell she doesn't put a spell on me. Oh, so you didn't give her the money? Hell no. 300 yeah. bucks. I mean, dude, how many? Dude, that is the best story. That is the best story. Now, you want to see really crazy? First of all, that's the best story you could tell a man because that's every man's fear, right? And it's just like, you're like, oh my God, I blast in so many chicks. It's totally possible. Right. Yeah. And then the second yeah. thing is, if you ever want to see how full of shit those palm readers are, 
just go. I'm not saying all palm readers are full of shit or all psychics are. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that those those fucking gypsies that sit there, they're full of shit. Because if you, Johnny, what was that head? Well, mm, huh, mm, I don't think huh. we can say gypsy anymore. It's all right. What, what do you, you mean? Say no, they're, 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 they're the Roma people. That's what we say now. Well, no, the gypsies are the, the people with the it's little. A, that's a that's a cancelable offense now, Sam. Gypsy. Really? Gypsy. Yeah. Yeah. Why does he call himself the Gypsy King? Well, that's. I mean, I, he can call himself. That's like the N word for. Roma no. traveling not even people. Close, bro. You can it say is. gypsy. I know you not can say even gypsy. close. You can't say gypsy. Yeah, Johnny, shut up. We can say Johnny, whatever. Why can't you, you say gypsy? Stop being a momo pants. So anyway, hold on. What? Hold on. Does this show have standard and practices now? <laughs> yeah, my own business. You can say gypsy. Oh, we can't say gypsy. I just, I'm just saying in like, what would you say? Uh, you normal company. That's a word that they've decided we can't say. Okay. Obviously I would say gypsy all the time. Cause okay. I got, I got that's gypped fine. all the time. You know, that's where gypped comes from. You know, gypsy. That's one other reason it's bad. They're from Albania and they got oh, little heads. Oh shit. They I got little heads. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mess with the Albanians. I take it back. But yeah, no, the move is to just go back like a month later with a different haircut, Howie, and see if she gives you the same spiel or if it's like a different story. Because yeah. she says the exact same thing 20 years ago. So, hey, man, this is a financial podcast. <laughs> yeah, Do let's stop talk talking about, about gypsies financial and move thing. on to finance. Well, to get back to the business, this lady's business model is not bad. It's not bad. It's all cash, and she makes you feel guilty like you have some real spell on you. And she's in a good place where there's a lot of money. So she tells you to, and I, I was talking to uh, my girlfriend. She's like, I'm sure tons of guys run to the bank, get that $300 just to make sure she gets that spell off of them. Props to the gypsies. They got a, yeah. they, they got a Johnny, good game. Johnny, we don't say that word. And I didn't mean to say all Albanians are gypsies. I think that's one area where a certain part of the small-headed tribe comes from. But they also come from Southeast Asia. I don't even know what. Now we're getting into weird shit. Remember right? that movie, that Stephen King movie, Thinner, where that gypsy woman puts that curse on that guy, and he just gets skinnier and skinnier until he yeah. like, disappears. That was a good movie. Okay. And I was, but talking about finances, when I was in Georgia, Augusta, Georgia, had an area where these gypsies would go to the shopping malls, and they would sell jewelry, they'd sell clothes, they'd set up in malls, and they would they would sell their daughters. They would sell their daughters. Oh, uh, what? To men that had money. Yeah. They would pawn off their daughters. The I don't approve. Yeah. Hey, and by the, way, by the way, these psychics' daughters aren't even worth Groupon. So, I mean, you couldn't get any money for them. No, mm. you'd have to have some massive cans and be able to really read my mind for me to invest in that. Oh, Absolutely not. Not into it. What's, what do you think the, about What's this? the market doing, Howie? No, so today was the day we waited for, guys, and the Patreons are happy. It's been a damn good day. The market tanked nicely today, well over 2%. This is what we wanted. Our SQQ has gone from 30 up to 38.5 in about a week because the market's dropping. I still think it's going to go lower, and that's what we want. We called it a week and a half ago a little too early. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Bottom line is these companies aren't crushing earnings. Interest rates continue continue to rise. Uh, bond yields are going up. Um, you know, you got uh, you got all pro kinds of problems with uh, what Norfolk Southern. How about the deal in East? Pa First of all, East Palestine, uh, Ohio. When I yeah. heard that news, I was like, I literally didn't put two and two in together. I'm like, what the fuck is? Norfolk Southern doing uh, with a train between Israel and Palestine. <laughs> like, that's some wild shit. I didn't even know they were over there. And then then when I heard the explosion, I'm like, ah, somebody somebody definitely, uh, there was a, that's got to be a suicide bomb. Can you imagine there's a place in Ohio called East Palestine? <laughs> that's good. Yeah. They say, they, they pronounce it Palestine, apparently, for obvious Palestine. reasons. Palestine, yeah, for, for the, obvious uh, reasons. For the mainstream well, media, because you don't want to get too close to that. Yeah. Hey, all I'm going to say is the market's dropping nicely. That's what we want. We want it to correct because it's healthy. 
we're on board with it dropping and we're we're about to crush i mean if this thing drops some more there it's going to be like fucking it's going to be 50 percent shopping day for the patreon members um i'm looking at a lot of good things i just hope it drops more uh i put a tweet out today with the cash daddy so uh, one of the guys one of our guys made a ton of money buying puts on intel which was a chip big chip maker um, like we said, if you went the opposite direction of Joe Public in the past two weeks, you made money. We made money. Um, but the thing that blew my mind, Sam, is I put the tweet out. I sent it to you. Fucking, I don't care if you're a, a Democrat or Republican. This is why I always say I don't have faith in either of them. I don't like either side because... The Republicans just brought in hundreds of thousands of dollars from BlackRock and Vanguard over the last couple of weeks. You know, this these are two groups that they shit on over the past two years. And I think it was something uh, I looked today. It was like 12 out of the 27 Republicans on that committee just brought in all kinds of cash from those two entities. You know, I mean, you got to love BlackRock and Vanguard because they just dish out on both sides. Whoever yeah, has their scumbags. Whoever has their best interest, baby. Big time <laughs> scumbags. Yeah. But what about all these Republicans? Just like, thank you. Thank oh, you. They're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. I mean, they're it's no surprise to me that they're hypocrites on both sides. I'm not surprised. It's amazing. Man. I'm surprised. The only thing I'm surprised by is how not surprised I am. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, I looked at it and laughed. I mean, the, look, man, I tell people all the time they're all on the same team, baby. They're all on the same team. They're all buddies, all of them. So oh, I thought that was interesting. But you know, here's the other thing too. You got you got Norfolk Southern, huge company, fifteen billion dollar buyback. They're buying their own stocks back, and boy, what a nice company because. They ex they blow those the train blows up all kinds of chemicals all over the town and what do they do they start a fund for the people a million dollars a million dollars I mean to me that CEO that CEO's got to be a fucking moron idiot because from here on out people are gonna be like I'm not I wouldn't buy that stock because of that it's like dude you went in you ruined a whole community. And now you're going to give them a million dollars? Not just that, Howie. That train polluted a water stream that's connected to the Mississippi River. Uh, like, we're, we're looking at, like, it's going to be insanity. Okay, well, we got our guest is here. Let's bring in our guest. If you would like to save more and spend less in 2023, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for your phone bill? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just $15 a month. I recently tried Mint Mobile and my phone bill went down $100 a month. And the service is just as good as it was with my other carrier, if not better. For people looking for extra savings this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just $15 a month. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily in minutes with eSIM. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just $15 a month. To get your new wireless plan, again for just 15 bucks a month, and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com cash. That's mintmobile.com cash. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com cash. All right, perfect. So let's get into this. We're very excited to uh, have him here. Uh, we contact. He's got some interesting takes on computers and what's done to the marketplace. Please welcome Noah Healy. How are you, Noah? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me here, Sam. Super excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us on Cash Daddies. Uh, before we get into what we want to talk about, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Sure. Um so my name is Noah Healy. Uh, I've developed a 
brand new market mechanism, the first one since the Renaissance, and I'm fighting with the U.S. Patent Office uh, about whether or not it's patentable material. Um, they're spewing nonsense, and I'm attempting to call them on it. And I'm working with a few people around the world to set up markets along new lines. When you say markets, like what? Get a little more in depth. What? So, what are you? What's your invention, and what markets? Um, so, markets like the New York Stock Exchange or the London Metals Exchange uh, or the Nasdaq, those types of things operate on what's known as a double-sided open call auction. So basically people who think prices are incorrect. Are we, did he freeze on us? He did. He froze. And, and the market, when those, when those orders cross each other, actually clears them. And the ticker uh, basically tells people what the prices were when deals actually got made. Yeah, the um, ask. Yep. So modern computer-enabled markets operate at at incredibly short time slices, uh, and that's that's sort of uh, how we do things today. It's not like trading places where the people were shouting each other in the pits. It's yeah, there's now, no more. There's no more human market makers. It's all. Done it's by all computers. Yeah. Right. So what I've developed is a way to link sort of something like a prediction market um, that allows the algorithms to effectively directly compete and integrate into a super algorithm to do price discovery for the entire marketplace with a, a transparent dark pool uh, that would allow buyers and sellers to transact in bulk without actually moving the marketplace around. Um, so any marketplace which has a supply of producers and consumers that have a desire to trade beyond profiting in the marketplace uh, can afford to pay a prediction market that they can also participate in, um, but would operate as a positive sum paramutual game to provide market knowledge that would cross all market participants. So when you say that, like the way it works now, if I want to buy something, uh, you know, I'll look at a uh, an ask. Another, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look at an ask, and whether it's, I don't know, 61.25 and the bid is 61.30, you know, we if I want to buy it, I'm going to buy it for the higher price and sell it for the lower. Sometimes a penny apart, sometimes five cents apart, sometimes 40 cents apart. So, right. So what would your benefit be versus the current system? Well, so that difference might be big or small at any given instant, but since the price itself is also moving, um, the counterparty from whom you're ultimately acquiring actual stuff uh, may have bought or sold at a price that's significantly different from the one that you're actually acquiring things at. And in fact, typically in commodity markets, um, they are going to be substantially different. Uh, the, the sort of gross annual difference according to, you know, the Census Bureau figures was, is in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars a year. So, I, I, and you're talking about commodities, whether it's cotton, soybeans, corn, orange juice, what have you. Right. Yeah. So for those sorts of markets where the ultimate uh, person making delivery and the ultimate person taking delivery can actually be fairly disjointed um, uh, by a large number of interstitial transactions. This marketplace allows you to completely define what the overall differential cost is. So a stock market, which people are a lot more used to, people are mostly bidding and asking in that marketplace for speculative reasons. You don't so much want to buy IBM because it's IBM. You want to buy IBM because you think IBM's a little cheap right now. Um, whereas people are ultimately buying oil or cotton or, or you know, sugar or something like that because they actually need some to operate a business. 
Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but especially cotton. You have large cotton farmers that, you know, trade down south. Um, let me ask you this. So have you thought about, you know, you're looking at um, patenting this. Have you thought about going to a, a large firm and uh, and selling it to the firm? or I'd be more than happy to do that, yes. Uh, yeah. That's one of the reasons for the patent is to essentially give that firm something to buy. Yeah, because all these big firms here on Wall Street, versus, whether it's commodities or equities or bonds, okay. they all have, uh, you know, heads of technology, just specific technology departments, and that's what they do. So let, let me real quick break this down for dumb people like me. So what you're trying to do is align the seller with the buyer on a price? Uh, actually, what I'm trying to do is align the middlemen with the seller and the buyer on a price. So okay, right and, now, by align, you're almost cutting them out in a weird way. Um, so what I'm doing is changing the structure. So right now, the further apart the buyer and seller get, the more money the middlemen get. Yeah. yeah. What I can do is create a marketplace that will offer middlemen a higher rate of return the closer they can get them together. So, so now the middlemen are actually trying to bring those buyers and sellers closer together in order to get higher rates of return. And when you mean close together, you mean on price? On price, yes. Okay, okay. So, so you did. is this an algorithm you've developed? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can implement it, and I have, in around 300 lines of code, and that 300 lines of code would have the operational capacity on, on you know, a pretty standard business laptop of operating basically every existing market in the commodity space on Earth. So you're one of those C++ Python Java guys. Um, I use, I've used most of those actually. Um, but this I'm, I'm a, I'm an algorithmic sort of theorist. I'm into the computational math of it all. Um, so what I'm looking for is less a tight implementation. In fact, the, the implementation I put together is, was just sort of a, a down and dirty testing run. It's not particularly optimized. Um, and it's actually written in a, a language called Perl. There's a, there's a nicer implementation that a friend of mine who's sort of a lot better at writing programs that people can read um, uh, has in Clojure uh, that's, that's under a Creative Commons license. So you, okay, go on. Sorry. I just, um, you have a problem with the U.S. Patent Office and their unprecedented double withdrawal of their own acceptance and inability to generate any coherent objections. Can you, can you go into a little bit of that? Sure. Um, so late 2019, um, they gave me a notice of acceptance. And then my examiner's boss called up my attorneys and said, you know, we're probably not going to, you know, honor that notice of acceptance. And then we didn't hear anything. So we put in the application anyway. And a little after when the application would have expired, they said, oh, yeah, uh, we never told you we're not honoring that notice of acceptance. We'll get back to you with why we don't think you should have a patent. So they did eventually uh, get back to us. And their reason, uh, when you boil it down from the algorithm math of it all, was they were asserting that one and two were the same number. And I'm good at logic, so I was able to boil that down find the reference points that claim that one and two was the same number. My attorneys sent in a pretty sharply worded brief, basically saying, hey, this is all nonsense. If you want to keep asserting this, prove it. And so February of last year, uh, they said, oh, yeah, that's right. That is nonsense. Here, have notice of acceptance. And then three weeks later, we immediately applied for this one. Three weeks later, they withdrew that notice of acceptance. Um, they said that patenting uh, uh, market mechanisms is, is impossible. You're just not allowed to patent market mechanisms um, because it would give me sole access to the economy. Uh, but they've already 
they've already granted that there's zero prior art. So they say this is something that's never been seen before, but somehow nobody would be allowed to do everything that everybody already does if the patent was granted. So it's heading to court. Wow. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. You, you need to get a big firm behind. You need like a. That's crazy, bro. They're like, dude, you'll run everything. We can't have that. Yeah. Except like they've already, they've already said that everything that already exists doesn't, you know, isn't the same thing. So that makes very little sense. It's so weird, man. Yeah. That's, that's interesting that that's just the patent office that's saying that, huh? Like how the hell would they know? Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and also, so I've got an examiner and, and a supervisor that my attorneys have been in contact with. Uh, They say this is coming from, the internal quality control department of the patent office. And they said they don't really understand what point they're trying to make either. So they, this is just sort of their best guess for whatever their reason do you, is. Do you think there is an alternative real reason? Are you nervous for any reason that something else is actually going on? Uh, I mean, it's it's fun to speculate about that sort of thing. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, the, so on the math, it isn't reasonable to expect existing market designs to compete with this market design. So if one of these things gets launched, it should eat things like the Chicago exchanges um, because the thing that keeps markets healthy right now is that it's the amount of money that's getting traded into the books um, is basically the defense. So if, if you decided to launch, you know, the Sam wheat market right now, you would need to get somewhere between tens and hundreds of billions of dollars of liquidity bid into your books to be able to compete with, with uh, Chicago. But the way my thing develops and promulgates information means that people could actually just read what's in the Chicago books bid that directly into my system to essentially replicate the information to give themselves free return. And then people could trade through that system for a 10th or less what it costs to trade through the Chicago system. So the farmers and the millers would basically all be like, well, you know, why are we spending all this money hedging when we could basically put all that to the, the kids, you know, college fund or vacation or you know, whatever That's else we want. Crazy. So it's just yeah. a duplication? Uh, well, initially, yes. But since since we're both basically getting the same information, right? So price discovery is price discovery. It's, it's what people actually want to trade. They're doing it one way. I'm doing it a way that at scale is hundreds of thousands of times more efficient. So we'll both get the same answer, but mine will cost, you know, a lot less. You're like technology in America. No, they want to keep technology like it is in America. And you, you're proposing like when I go to Japan and everything is like beyond super slick and it's super advanced. You're like, why don't we have this here? And they're like, well, because the powers that be are slow rolling everything out. And they really don't want to make that kind of change because yeah. they can't cash checks along the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got 12th century technology and I've got 21st century technology. It's like you can go to Japan and you can buy uh, used panties in a vending machine, but you can't do that at Walmart. If I do that at Walmart, you can't find that at Walmart. They're so far ahead of us, it's ridiculous. Uh, how, How do you think we can repair our economy by rebuilding super intelligent markets? Uh, well, one of the problems that we're actually having is that the markets that currently exist are, are being destabilized by the kind and amount of information that's being developed by the internet and, and that kind of stuff. So between things like Wall Street bets, um, very frequent flash crashes, uh, and even other sorts of things, we're watching the markets basically get whipsawed by not actual events, but just random fluctuations of noise, which then drive actual events like the supply chain crisis and so on. And so we get, we're get we getting into this uh, sort of 
freewheeling feedback loop. Um, and that's a real problem because we don't really have the capacity to organize our societies. People aren't intelligent enough to figure out how to operate tens of thousands of businesses simultaneously. So we Thank need we need markets to be smarter than us. Um, and that's basically what my point is, is that by switching from the kinds of markets we have right now, which are basically just running one algorithm to a meta market that can integrate every algorithm that anybody can come up with, evaluate and reward the ones that are helpful and punish the ones that aren't, um, we will actually be able to create markets that are as smart as we're possibly capable of creating them and get our economies on a on a good track again well isn't that a scary like why would you want um, like when i think of a market i mean to simplify it for anybody you think of a place where okay i have something i want to sell you have something you want to buy um you know if i want to buy a particular stock at 130 dollars a share I'm buying it and hopefully somebody else bought it at 80 and they're selling it. Um, so, I mean, to me, it's, it's a buy, it's a buyer's and a seller's market. It's fairly simple. When you say you want markets to get smarter than us, holy shit, like try to simplify that because that scares me. Okay. Well, so markets have been smarter than people for most of human history. Uh, and that's well, actually what they're good for is, is that, that intelligence aspect. Um, and this goes to Adam Smith, the whole invisible hand of the marketplace, the ability for companies that are widely disparate, that don't know each other, aren't even direct communication, to still decide how much to produce, how much to consume, and what to actually put things together. So that's what I'm talking about okay. with I these intelligent marketplaces. Now, right. the other thing I'll bring to bear here is that simple buyer-seller marketplace is actually subsuming one very important concept, and that's information. So what you're saying is you want to buy at $100 and you hope somebody else you know, is making a profit too. But the buyer and seller coming together and both being willing to trade means that the two of them have to come together and have a common understanding of, of this thing is helpful to each side of them. So what's actually going on is that there's a hidden information component in each one of these trades. And thanks to what we now know about information theory and, and what we use for the internet, we can measure information. So what we can actually do is create a three-sided marketplace in people that have things to sell, people that have money and the willingness to buy, and people that have information about the balance point between buyers and sellers, which will include those two groups, but can also include other third parties that are, you know, doing various kinds of research uh, or, or other sorts of uh, uh, deals. Uh, and what this allows is the integration of insider information, third party experts, along with the actual people that want to buy and sell into a much more robust common understanding. Well, I like what you're talking about because, you know, it's one of your talking points, but, you know, what would it mean for real economy to reduce market transaction costs? And you know what, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I think it would be huge personally. I mean, there's just, uh, we were just complaining uh, about how much interest there are in everything and what's that doing to people's uh, desire to buy? What are your thoughts on that? Well, like I said, according to the Census Bureau, the current overhead costs are somewhere in the neighborhood of a trillion dollars a year. If you think about our entire economy, we don't grow a trillion dollars in a good year. That's, that's several percentage points of, of economic growth. So if we were to cut that in half, we would effectively double the growth rate of the American economy. And that would, that would be in fair weather or foul. So in the good years, when we're getting up into four and 5%, we'd be getting up to six and seven. In the bad years, when we're, you know, even in recession, maybe, or, or down at like 1%, we'd be plugging along at two or three. 
so if you take a look at things like this on, on a pretty decent sized timeline, you'd basically be looking at the, the difference in economic trajectory of Eastern and Western Europe post-World War II. Um, you know, like France versus Poland. One of them gets to have a market, the other one doesn't get to have a market, except we're currently behind the Iron Curtain. Like the markets we have are that much worse than these kinds of marketplaces. Now, when you say the market's worse, like, I mean, how is it worse? I mean, how is it worse? I mean, to me, I'm looking at the markets in the 80s, 90s, uh, 2000s. They pretty much, I mean, you know, things are a little quicker now. You can you can execute a trade quicker, but they're about the same. They're they're not really the same. They are becoming more unstable. We're seeing uh, booms and busts more frequently. We're seeing market shutdowns become more frequent. Um, uh, uh, you know, flash crashes are essentially a daily occurrence now. Granted, people clean up after those very rapidly, but um, that didn't even used to be possible. Uh, and, and we are seeing the industries attached to those markets struggling with the results of those things. Um, there was an incident not too long back, uh, where the nickel market in London had to be shut down because a, a, you know, short squeeze was going to bankrupt the world's number one, uh, uh, stainless steel manufacturer. So the, the ability to, to weaponize and destabilize markets uh, has essentially started to dominate actual discourse. And the primary reason for this is that there's just a lot more coordination among people because of how much, how much data and noise there is in the system. So it's going to keep getting worse because the market regulatory mechanism can't keep up with everyone on earth being able to buy their own computer. So do you, are you worried about like what AI could be doing to our markets? Um, I, that's not even remotely necessary. Uh, AI is involved in the marketplaces. Uh, Renaissance Technologies um, fairly credibly claims their extremely good returns are the result of their long-term investment in artificial intelligence. But the simple fact is that marketplaces are a sort of signal boosting noise cancellation machine. And just things like Twitter, Facebook, social media means that there's vastly more noise in the system. Human beings are producing information at a rate today that is far beyond anything that's ever happened before. And it's increasing faster than exponentially. So any capacity of markets to operate today at this level is basically irrelevant because in a year, information rate production will have gone up by more than a factor of two. Um, and in two years, it will have gone up by more than that factor of factors on top of that. And that's basically been the story since the 80s of, of the outgrowth of the ubiquitization of computers, the rise of Microsoft and so on. And, and so there's just way, way more noise to have to cut through. And the, the, the system's already started to fail and it'll keep getting worse because the failure isn't the result of the people involved being incompetent at running those systems. It's that those systems are now engaging with a world that simply never existed before and for which they're constitutionally incapable of coping. Damn! Do you, now, what do you think about crypto? Is that involved with this? Do you have any faith in that whole crypto situation? I consult with a few crypto projects that are still trying to get off the ground. And I think that as sort of an alpha project, there's some interesting features of the blockchain idea. I think existing blockchain projects have severe technological problems. And I haven't seen a successful crypto marketplace that wasn't one, attempting to replicate the existing financial models, which I see as uh, algorithmically bankrupt, and or two, 
simply attempting to launch Ponzi schemes. Um, <laughs> You're right. I mean, it was the Wild West there for a while. A lot of these uh, shit coins were out there doing some amazing stuff. So, uh, and just rug pulling everybody, unfortunately. But it was fun and fast. And uh, I do somewhat miss those days. I'm going to be honest with you. When someone would be like, dude, buy Cum Rocket. And <laughs> someone would make $3,000. And I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, but we're coming in crazy times. What's your thoughts about fiat? Uh, what's going to happen with the petrodollar? Do you have any thoughts on moving forward? World War III coming up. Does that make you at all nervous? Um, well, I don't think that existing institutions really have a future. Uh, I would prefer not to have World War III be how the institutions go out, but that's largely up to them. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to build institutions that have a future and, and try to club as many people around into, into, you know, building things that actually can work, uh, as I can, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a rough, it's rough out there. Um, one of the things, one of my things is computers are a bigger deal than steam engines. Steam engines wiped out the political religious and cultural institutions of the people that invented them. So we should certainly expect computers to do all of that to us. Um, and so if, if you're, you know, any part of your life is dependent on any institution that existed in say 1980, uh, then you should probably expect that institution to fail during your lifetime. And, and, whatever part of your life that is, is going to need to have some alternative. We're in, we're living in interesting times. There's an old saying curse to live in interesting times. I think it's exciting. Obviously we don't want world war three. I think that would be awful for everybody. I don't think people realize what that involves, uh, but hopefully markets will survive. And we all keep banking fatties. Noah, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. You are probably the smartest person we've ever talked to. Yeah. Uh, you, you set a record. You're uh, the closest smart to you is Johnny, and your your intelligence intimidated him. Uh, I flunked first grade, but I got what you were saying, and that at the end of the day is the most important thing. I'm excited to see how you proceed. I hope you stay in touch. I want to see how your how your path moves forward. I think it's exciting. I think if someone come, you know, these free thinkers come and come with something that can change the market and help people make more money. I always think, you know, there's this weird thing in life where we got to play this game of life, right? But sometimes the rules of the game are set to keep those on top at top. And we kind of got to go around those sometimes to get a chance at the top of the mountain. And it sounds like that's kind of something that you're trying to do right now. So I, I'm rooting for you and I really hope it happens. I hope your lawyers can take care of this. And I hope there's people out there that realize the power of what you're doing, and they could really help you. So one more time, can you tell them where our tell our listeners where they can find you, a Twitter, a website, an Instagram, your OnlyFans, whatever it may be? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, Noah Healy. Uh, and there's a website, cordisc.com, C-O-O-R-D-I-S-C. Uh, you can find white papers and some other stuff there. You can also reach out to me direct, noahphealy at yahoo.com. Uh, and yeah, Happy to talk to anybody about how to build a future. I love it, brother. Thank you for coming on. We look forward to talking to you again. And uh, good luck with everything, man. We'll be watching and rooting for you, dude. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll tell you about our friends over there at Copy My Crypto and our good friend, James McMahon, everybody. That's right. Guys, we've seen so many people make ridiculous money from crypto. But did you know it's easy for you to do the same, the Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy them. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as you simply do as he does. So let me tell you more about James. He runs Crypto with James YouTube channel, which despite heavy censorship, 
has over 26,000 subscribers. Since March 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put $100 in each, it went on to be worth $123,000. All the 26 coins, his top pick of the year called Phantom, went up 692 times from what when he said that's one call that one call alone has retired a number of people including guys in their 20s and 30s remember this is public knowledge you you can go to youtube and verify this yourself if you'd like to join the 2800 members who copy james then stop what you're doing and head over to copymycrypto.com/sam that's copymycrypto forward slash Sam. That's S-A-M. You'll find the proof of everything we've said, but my listeners get full access for just $1. Once again, that's copymycrypto.com slash Sam. The recession is here, guys. You can suffer like everyone else or choose to thrive. James is the real deal. Go visit the site now. All right. Thank you, Noah. I loved it. I got it. But, yo, we're tech dorks, so we understand that technities, how we how we got it towards the end. Greatly appreciated. Johnny was stunned at its brilliance. Couldn't even talk. And, you know, just two dorks, just me and Noah breaking it down, changing humanity, helping everybody make a dollar to make them holler. So, uh, Johnny, got some stories we gotta get into yeah i just have one story i want to talk about there was this massive trial of four-day work weeks in the uk and most of the companies that participated have said that they're going to keep doing it most of the employees said that they want to keep doing it and i'm, I'm just curious what you guys think about it, it seemed that i've done this people people worked more in four days and that the companies didn't lose anything they paid them the exact same amount and they got more work done I, I've done this when I was uh, in college. I would come back home and me, Tony L. Dorado, we went and got hired at a, um, it was like a weird kind of wiring company in Cortland. And we worked four days on and we had three days off. Wickwire. You worked at the Wickwire? Might been Wickwire. I don't remember if, because I would remember because the pool was named after Wickwire there, but I'm not quite sure the name, but we did it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's great when the three days are off, and it's awful when the three days are on. Well, you, I mean, it can't be worse than a five-day week, though. Well, I mean, because you've heard them say it, that you work longer hours. It's not that you're working. No, but this is, this is just the four. I mean, it's a four-day work week is what we're talking about here. It's not like you're working more time in the no, four no, days. No, no, no. I mean, because where we worked, it was a 10-hour day. Right, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Okay, so it says that? Yeah, they, they didn't yeah, change they, the yeah, time. They're, they're experimenting all, right. over the, all over the world with a four-day work week. I'm in, dude. I'm in. Come on, come on. I believe production has to be higher. Yeah, I'm because in. people are more refreshed, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm down. If it's the same amount, it's uh, more work, but the same amount of time, I'll do it. Yeah, it's seven, bang, seventy-one percent of employees. Seventy-one percent said they were less burned out. Thirty-nine percent less stressed, and forty-eight percent were more satisfied with their job. Yeah, do it, dude. Do it. And the, and the employees, like I said, almost all the companies said they were going to keep doing it. Do it, do it. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of seen this country. We've kind of gone that way, anyways. I mean, how many companies have you know? It's it's Summer Friday. It's, yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, we have. A I mean, lot that's of Europe, Europe, uh, mainland Europe. I know this was in the UK, but actually, mainland Europe. I think it's way more common. Uh, than well, it it should is. be. That's why they behind be. they they behind they've been behind the fucking eight ball for about 150 years. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. They can't. You know, they're a little bit behind over there. I'm sorry. You go to Spain, and you know they take naps at two, three, four. They seem that's happy cool. though, don't they? Yeah, you get a couple bottles of wine at four in the afternoon, and you and you know. You're gonna be happy. Love it. I'm in. I saw. Well, I don't, I'm not gonna get into that Pfizer. Uh, they have a vaccine now for infants. That no, was the big news. I, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I it's coming just, out. Uh, 
You guys talk about that on the Patreon. What that, is your what, what is your problem with what if it's a vaccine that makes a kid faster? Nope. What if he's that's like what if he's 16 and all of a sudden he's, he's called wrecking, steroids? He's just it's dunking on people. Okay. He's dunking on people. HGH. And then the the other only other news thing I wanted to mention was that the Mormon Church and their affiliated nonprofit is going to have to pay five mil to settle SEC charges, uh, alleging that they failed to disclose. So, I saw that. I saw that. That's that's not a whole hell of a lot, but I mean, not for them. I don't know. It's wild right now. You know, we got you know the market's dropping. You got uh, earnings are missing pretty much overall across the board. You got rates up. Um, it looks like we're going to, we could possibly sell off, you know, probably the rest of the month. Wouldn't surprise me. You think so? I do. Is that I think, your belief? <laughs> uh, it is. Gold's dropped from 180 down to 170. Silver's dropped a little bit. They're getting back to probably be decent uh, buys. But I do think we're going to have some huge values here over the next couple of weeks. You know, a couple more days of this nice sell off. And guys on the Patreon, we're loving the sell off. We're what about beyond that, that, Howie? Because I know there was some news this week that people or some interpretation of Warren Buffett's uh, portfolio that he's thinking recession, like long term. How do you feel about that? I agree with him, man. I mean, I agree. I think the recession's looking pretty solid when you got Home Depot six hours ago coming out. Their earnings were bad. Their future earnings, they, they're scared. They're trying to slow down on uh, uh, bringing in different products because they don't feel they're going to sell a lot over the next six months to a year. So they're telling you it's slowing down. Uh, Warren Buffett's telling you it's slowing down. Mike Wilson from Morgan Stanley came out and he said, we are, we're going to retest the lows, which I don't know if we will, but he's a smart dude. He's been right so far. So, you know, I think we will go into some sort of a recession. I don't know how long, how serious, um, I think we'll be okay because they started low, uh, raising rates a long time ago. Um, but I think we will go into some sort of a, a recession, which is fine. You can bank fatties in a recession, man. We've done it before. Right on. All right. Uh, how you got any, uh, like a pick for the, this part of the page. I mean, this part of the podcast is like a free. Pick. Um, I'll tell you what going out right now, this is kind of a strange one, but it was up today in a down market. Uh, I actually like, and this is a little bit of a defense stock here. That means it'll it, it could do okay if the market goes down. Um, it's a stock I've been buying for the last 35 years. Molson Coors used to be just Molson. They combined the two companies. The stock is at $53.40. Um if you look over the last six months, it's only dropped from 56 to 53. It was actually up today 3% in this shitty market. Uh, but, man, that's a company, you know, in a down market, you don't want to get crushed. You buy a low beta stock like Molson Coors. It may not go up 40%, but when the market drops, it's going to stay steady, pay a dividend, and probably go up a little bit. So that's what I like, TAP, Coors. Coors Light, baby. Get in there. Right on. Well, dude, All right, Sam. Have take a commercial home. during the uh Super Bowl of was it Miller Light and Coors Light? They were fighting with each other. Is that the one? And then Blue Moon came out of the end. Was that? Yeah. What was that? Those two. So that's pretty obvious that one company owns all of them. Yeah. And yeah. Just like, yeah. Welcome. Well, they Welcome don't vote. Anheuser Busch is separate from Molson Coors. They're they're totally separate. Anheuser-Busch is owned by oh, uh, see what the blue Stella. Well, Anheuser-Busch is owned by Stella. Stella owns them. That's crazy that Stella owns Anheuser-Busch and not the other way around. I, they bought them out a few years ago. Believe me. That yeah, okay. The commercial was Coors Light, Miller Light, and Blue Moon. Now, now I, I think, by the I same think, people. I think that's all owned by Miller, right? Must be, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, it must it must be no? What am I stupid? I just said it. They must. I mean, be a, yeah, you are, but that's okay. Nobody's perfect. Well, well, the thing at the bottom says Blue Moon Brewing Company is the. I mean, so they they technically paid for it, but who owns the other? I mean, they wouldn't use their IP, right? I mean, the the images and everything, unless I don't know. I mean, they did in that Coke commercial in the nineties, right? That Pepsi cut with like the well, yeah. who the Coke driver looks schlubby or whatever. Coke and Pepsi. Coke and Pepsi, they're owned by BlackRock, Vanguard. It's all the same, bro. 
It's all the same. <laughs> oh, God, I gotta say period. this. No, this is the biggest. This is the biggest story. Go. This is up shit for. And I put out a tweet on it. So they came out today, and this was serious. I put out the tweet. I sent it to Sam. Sam's got to read it. They're saying by two thousand thirty. If Congress does not pass legislation, which I think they will, Wall Street, meaning Blackstone Group, will own more residential houses than actually residents by 2030. That's only seven years. So Blackstone's buying up a shitload of these residential uh, neighborhoods. And they're they're putting legislation out. They got to stop. They have to stop. Yeah. You know, it just can't. You can't have these guys buying up all the properties and then renting them out. Just can't happen. But yes. that's what's happening now. So we'll see what all happens. Right. Great yeah. meeting. Great podcast today. Thank you so much. We're going to head over to the Patreon and get real weird real fast. So meet us over there at patreon.com slash cash daddies. They get Howie's homies. Monster, monster picks.